Merry Christmas, Jimmy! Woo! Ho, ho, ho! It's our Christmas special this week, Jimmy. Nothing puts me in the Christmas spirit like the date, January 10th, when this podcast will probably come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not like we, uh, I mean, we've already had one episode post-Christmas, so it's not like this is our first episode since Christmas. It's just the only Christmas movie that we did anywhere near the uh, the holiday season. So now we're uh, we're just counting it. I don't know. Wonder Woman eighty four is such a great Christmas movie. Yeah, it has like it has like two minutes set during Christmas. So true. It's a Christmas movie. Am I right? Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Happy birthday, Holden. Holden's birthday edition of the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's also my birthday episode. <laughs> Which also is almost <laughs> as long ago as Christmas, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy, uh, he didn't wish me a happy birthday on my birthday. He was going to wait until last weekend when we were originally going to record. And then when we decided not to record last weekend, he's just like, yeah, I'll wait until the next well, week Well, at that point, I'm like, if I send a text now, it's just going to come across as I forgot. And now I'm just making <laughs> some excuse. So I'm like, if I was committing to the in-person bit, I mean in-person, I guess, over a video bit, I could have just called you. No. I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, you could still be making it up for all I know. You could have probably just forgotten. Oh, yeah. This is all just <laughs> elaborate. It's, it's all a ruse. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of Happiest Season, which is our Christmas movie, and then also Soul, which is a movie that came out on Christmas. Let's do it. That one movie podcast. First, Jimmy, we've got to do some toms. Yes, let's do the toms. I'm watching a tom right now on the TV over there. Tom Brady's <laughs> playing football. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> wow. Too bad he's not one of the toms we're going to be talking about, Jimmy. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Holden, you said little dry on news this week. <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, well, at least in the world of film and, and games and stuff, it's pretty dry on news. And, I mean, that's saying something. I, I was telling Jimmy that this is, like, for two weeks of accumulated news, this is still, like, a week uh, or a, a bad week of of one week of news. It's bad. <laughs> Just know it's bad. That was a bad explanation. That was a bad explanation. And, and. Don't worry, we will not talk about any of the news that is taking place outside of the world of movies and yeah, video we'll, games. Uh, we'll give you a bit of a break from that. Uh, first off, though, uh, we watched a trailer for this week. Um, I think it just came out yesterday, actually, but I had Jimmy watch it because I saw it had come out. And I think we had talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. 
Uh, but it's a movie called Malcolm and Marie. Uh, this is a movie starring Zendaya and John David Washington, uh, two actors that we like. Uh, and it was filmed during the pandemic. I think it was directed by the uh, guy who's directed a lot of the HBO show Euphoria, uh, which Zendaya stars in. And they were supposed to be filming, from what I understand, they were supposed to be filming the new season of Euphoria, but then due to the pandemic, they couldn't really. So they kind of just made this movie. I think they wrote it and made it all uh, during the kind of summer months of the pandemic. And it's going to be coming out on Netflix in February. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) I like the visual style of this. Yeah. It looks very contained it looks like it's probably going to be a slow burn i I like the black and white (laughs) aesthetic seems very uh snazzy very fancy like upscale living an upscale couple that are going through a little bit of a a tough spot in their relationship bit of a tiff are they working through it i don't know maybe they are there's a little bit of tension Mm -hmm. and also I was thinking this like the whole trip. It's like distracted me the whole trailer. So I'm 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 glad I saw this. I'm glad I didn't just go into the movie like without watching the trailer <laughs> because I'm like I could not separate the fact that Zendaya plays a high schooler in the MCU <laughs> and John David Washington plays like I've never seen John David Washington as not like a 30 or older adult in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is, we- and I'm, you know, sure enough, I got under the comments and like all the comments are about that too, or just about Zendaya's <laughs> uh, versatility as an actress. I looked up the ages, Holden. Zendaya is sure. 24. She's just a little bit of a little bit over a year older than I am. And then, uh, John David Washington is 36. So there's a bit of a 12 year really? gap, but she, like looks older in this. Yeah, she does. I don't. I mean, I don't think. I mean, if you didn't know the actors, I don't think there. It looks visually visually like that much of an age gap. And also, so. that, I have John David Washington's bio pulled up. He's my height. Hold him. He's five nine. Is he really? He is. <laughs> that's the. Well, he's a lot shorter than yeah, I thought. That's the power of cinema. I mean, just look at Tom Cruise. Yeah, um, I strangely like halfway through the trailer and i kind of rewatched this to like confirm what i thought but it had like a weird noir vibe to me like even though it's like obviously it's more of a emotional drama kind of thing like the the music and a lot of the visual cues were reminiscent of that of noir and i like i spent a whole like (laughs) like semester of a class in high school talking about noir so i have all of this like ingrained in my head (laughs) whenever these uh cues are present so it was like weird to me i don't know if that's gonna play into it or if that's just the way the trailer was presented but it was interesting yeah i mean i was like is this a thriller at first and then it looks just like a little steamy (laughs) so um i think it looks intriguing i also am like does anything happen (laughs) yeah it doesn't they just look like they're just talking the whole time which yeah that's gonna be tough i mean it could work but it's gonna be tough so we'll we'll see yeah and i think i mean i think it is just they might be the only two cast members in it because when i was reading about the production i think like it was a very minimal crew on set it wasn't a very long shoot and i think they were just trying to keep the the contact down to a minimum for the shoot of this thing yeah i i have it up on 
on Google right now, and it literally just says cast John David Washington Zendaya. So, okay, yeah, I'm. Intri- I don't know. I don't know if you want to cover this on the podcast or not. I definitely want to watch it. Do we have a release date? Uh, it's beginning of yeah, February. February. It might be yeah. the first. Okay. So. So. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it for the podcast. Who knows? I'm looking up other movie release dates. Hold on. Meanwhile, I'll, I'll give it a Broca. I'll give it a Broca. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. All right. Uh, a couple of release date changes. Um, we have, first of all, uh, a kind of sad one. Damien Chazelle's new movie, uh, Babylon, which we talked about previously on the podcast. It's kind of about, it's an old Hollywood kind of thing. I think it's from the tra- about the transition between uh, from silent films to sound films uh it's been delayed a whole year it was supposed to come out christmas this year 2021 but it's been delayed to christmas 2022 so we won't be getting our next dose of damien chazelle for an extra 12 months jimmy what what i butchered it what well i cannot say this what chazelle (laughs) happened to that movie there we go third tries the time third tries oh my gosh Olden, I was just talking. It's okay, and Jimmy. Adobe Flash said it needed to uninstall, <laughs> and it tripped me up. Okay, it made you sad. Also, that other freaking Cinderella movie is coming out on February fifth. That's like in the UK. I I don't know. We don't need to see that. Doing. I've never heard of it. Isn't it? The, I don't know. What? Damien Chazelle, anyway. Bombadil. There we go. Or Brokaw. Yeah, I I'm guess, giving so it a Bombadil. Make it good. So yeah, I don't. Know. I think they've been having like budget and cast problems from what i was seeing i think one of the leads quit recently or something so they <laughs> yeah makes sense why they would delay it uh but even more uh tragic is that the boss baby 2 has been delayed six months jimmy <laughs> to september 17th of this year <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a shame holden yeah that one truly gets a bombadil from me. Yeah, I've never seen the first one, but I'm sure it's a masterpiece. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I got flustered by the thing. I'm on firstshowing.net, <laughs> and I've got distracted by this because it says there's on this, there's a column on the side with other articles on the website, and there's some sure. person named Alex. I'm assuming it's some person on the website, and it says Alex's top ten uh, movies 2019, and then it says Adam's top ten movies 2019, and this Adam has the rise of Skywalker sixth and I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) and I just, (laughs) maybe he just didn't see very many movies that year. So like by default, it's an, he had it four places above the Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In 1917. Oh no. He did have parasite number one. So great. Sorry. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just getting <laughs> distracted here. That's okay, Jimmy. Uh, first, on to our actual news, though. Uh, this was exciting. I hadn't heard anything about this, uh, but I think this will be helpful for any of you interested. Uh, so Universal's classic slate of monster movies, you you know, the Dracula, you know, the Frankenstein, you know, the original Invisible Man, all those. The Dark Universe. Fr- the original Dark the Universe. Original. Uh, it's going. They're going to be free on YouTube for a limited time, pretty soon. Uh, they're going to be uploaded to a YouTube channel called Fear, the Home of Horror, and I think it's uh, from what I understand, it is owned by Universal. Uh, but Dracula and the Mummy will be added on January fifteenth, 
Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein will be added on January 16th. And the Invisible Man, the Wolfman, and uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein will be added on January 17th. Uh, and each of these movies will be only available for a week. So if you're interested in any of these classic horror movies, which I'm interested in a few of these at least, I might have to check them out. Uh, they, yeah, you'll only have a week from those ad dates to watch them. Um, and I was looking at them like to see how long each one is there. Each of them are only like 70 minutes long. I was kind of surprised. So I might have to, uh, binge a few of these, Jimmy. I'll have to, uh, let my dad know. Cause he likes those old movies like that. And I mean, I would maybe watch just a little bit of Dracula to see like Christopher Lee, you know, played Dracula. So that's not that's no that's, that's a Bella di- Lugosi oh <laughs> dang it Christopher didn't he play him in like the 70s I don't know hold on <laughs> it was a long no time. this is like the 30s Dracula 30s Dracula Christopher Lee probably well Christopher yeah. Lee was old right yeah <laughs> he could have played a very young Dracula I don't he know he played Dracula yeah, at one the, point these never are mind like hold on really I'm not gonna watch any of them <laughs> These are like the really old ones from like the 30s and 40s, so the classics. Wow. Uh, I'm going to give it a bro cut, though, because this is cool. Sure. Um, Next up, we have Alex Garland's new film, which I'm sure you'll be excited to hear about, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. as someone who likes Ex Machina and for some reason Annihilation. I I like it. I don't (laughs) love it, Holden. I just don't hate it like Uh, you do. This new movie is called, uh, it's just called Men. Uh, It's going to star Jessie Buckley, uh, who has kind of been uh, up and coming in a lot of things lately. She was uh, recently in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She starred in that. And then she was also a main character in the newest season of Fargo. Uh, But it's going to be about a woman who journeys to the English countryside after the death of her ex-husband, which sounds kind of mundane and whatever until you hear that, of course, it's a sci-fi film because it's an Alex Garland film. But it doesn't really uh, clarify what elements of it are going to be sci-fi. That's all we know. So what do you think, Jimmy? Sure. Uh, Bergeron, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron, too. Uh, I almost jumped over this one. Uh, but I figure this is a nice little epilogue to the saga that is Quibi. Um, so Quibi, as we noted last year, uh, it came and went within like six months. Uh, and then its content was kind of up in the air as to where it was going after it got shut down. But it was just announced that Roku uh, acquired all the rights to Quibi's content. Uh, so uh, from one streaming service that people don't watch to another streaming service that people don't watch. It's going to be all on the Roku channel later this year. Uh, They acquired it for apparently less than a hundred million, which is like significantly less than Quibi spent to make all of that. Uh, And it's apparently all the content is going to be recut to better suit like a TV format, which is good. I guess I can't watch it in vertical mode anymore. Holden. I guess not Jimmy. (laughs) What a shame. It was the way it was Uh, meant to uh, be seen. Holden. But apparently it's all going to be available for free with ads on the Roku channel uh, later this year. And there's there's a couple things that, you know, if it was recut into like a mini series or a short movie, I'm kind of interested in. There, I mean, they won a few Emmys uh, at Quibi and there were a couple interesting things they had that just never took off because no one had the, the streaming service. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be 
something I check out, but probably not if I'm honest. I mean, it does sound like the thing that would be on Roku TV. As someone yeah, who right. literally just bought a <laughs> Roku Ultra because I was frustrated with my TV's smart interface and its speed. So, yeah. I mean, it's if it's, hey, it's free with ads. So, yeah. Well, nice. they broke out. I guess uh, they, cut, they got to cut their losses. The people who made that content, it still gets to be seen. At least, you know, it's just not going away. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a Bergeron. All right, Alden, what else? Do we- Broca, actually. Oh, okay, well. I'm, I'm switching. <laughs> Pulling an audible there at the line of scrimmage. All right, Alden, what, what is, do we have anything else? <laughs> yeah, uh, what, uh, I think we have one more thing. Uh, there was an update, or Sasha Baron Cohen had an interview recently about the possibility of a Borat 3, which he kind of shut down. He said it was highly unlikely, and he said, I brought Borat out because of Trump. Uh, There was a purpose to this movie, and I don't really see the purpose to doing it again. So, yeah, he's locked away in the cupboard. That was his his phrasing. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of... I didn't think there was going to be another Borat movie. This one seemed kind of just... or The most recent one seemed very circumstantial, like, obviously, because of the times we live in. Uh... But yeah, so probably no Borat 3, but I think that's okay. He can go on to do other things. That's fine with me. I could live without another Borat movie. I'll be okay. Yeah, I will too. Uh, Bergeron. Bergeron for me. Uh, one last quick thing. I, it, was, it was hiding on this next page of notes. Um, there is a Rubik's Cube movie in the works, Jimmy. <laughs> Hey, it's all coming together, Olden. Yeah, the details are very unclear, so it's no one knows if it's going to be like a Lego movie type thing where it, you know it's little Rubik's cubes running around talking to each other, having an or adventure, it be more or the if it's Tetris a, style, eh? Yeah, I was about to say, or if it's about the making of the puzzle or the story behind it and stuff like that. Who knows? About John Rubik. <laughs> Is that his name? <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a Bergeron. Like I said, very weak, <laughs> weak for news. Uh, is it, let me see. Rubik's Hungarian sculptor. Sculptor. I gotta find this. You're finding him. I'm finding him. His name is Erno. Erno. What? E R N. Uh, the O with the two dots about above it, like Ernu. Okay, Ernu Rubik. I don't know. I probably well, there you go. It. The more you know, the more you Ernu. <laughs> uh, that's all yeah, the news so, you have, Holden. Yeah, I think so. All right, I just want to say, uh, tough week for me this past week, Holden. We put our uh my dog down on Tuesday, which was really hard. Um. But it was it was the timing was pretty nice because it was like um, I was just getting back into school. So like the week the week leading up to it, when we had set the appointment, I was still on break. So I got to go to my parents place. They live about 30 minutes away, like pretty much every day to spend time with my dog and my family, which was really nice. And it was just it was time. And well, the cool thing now is that we've got I've like. I'm kind of getting over the grieving process and and like uh, been able to like just appreciate his life and his impact on me and his impact on other people. Since he was like a therapy dog, we've had a whole bunch of people reach out to my family 
with like really cool stories and like people we didn't even like know necessarily and that was really cool so I'm, i gotta give my dog benny a thomas two thumbs up broker on life i will he is, too he uh it was it was great because he still had like his appetite towards the end so when we were at the vet <laughs> waiting he we get we he ate like a whole bag and a half of treats so <laughs> that was fun that's cute he was good boy holden all right what movie are we doing first uh we let's do happiest season yeah happiest season non-spoiler review right now happiest season holden yep so you want to give the synopsis yeah so happiest season uh it is a christmas movie um came out in november way back when um and it is about uh this couple played by mackenzie davis and uh kristen stewart i can never remember if it's kirsten or kristen i think it's kristen kristen stewart kristen stewart uh and they're going to mackenzie davis's uh parents for christmas um but there's some conflict because mackenzie davis hasn't come out to her parents yet um and so she their her parents don't know that she is a lesbian and so she like tells Kristen Stewart like hey just pretend to be like my roommate cuz i i'm i'm going to tell them but i don't want them to to have this like jarring uh, revelation or whatever it's kind of, it's yeah it's <laughs> i'm really bad at explaining this movie but yeah basically that yeah, that. Anything and, else you want to add? And well, the dad is running for like mayor, so they uh, they wanted like you know he's wants yeah. to uphold a certain image based on his platform, so it just adds a little bit of pressure and yeah. all the family dynamics and all that. Mackenzie Davis doesn't want to take away from the the campaign. Yes. So yeah, uh, it's a romantic comedy. Um, and I saw it originally like the day after it came out because my girlfriend had like seen the trailers and really, really wanted to watch it. So I watched it with her. Um, and I, I really liked it the first time I saw it. I watched it a second time for this, uh, podcast a couple weeks ago now, cause I originally we were going to review it two weeks ago on the <laughs> episode two weeks ago. Jimmy didn't watch it. Um, and so we were going to review it last week and then obviously we didn't release an episode last week. So here we are. I'm two weeks away from having watched it, but I think I still remember it all pretty well. So, um, yeah, I, I like it quite a bit though, honestly. Um, I, I think it's a little bit better than your average romantic comedy. Um, I don't think it's like fan, like fantastic or like absolutely game changing or anything, but I think it's a, a solid film. I don't, what do you think, Jimmy? I liked it. I th- I thought it was a good time. I, I watched it just by myself last a week ago, I think, from mm-hmm. a week ago from when we're recording this right now. And I liked it. Yeah. It, it I mean it felt a little bit like a Hallmark movie, but just a tier <laughs> above that. Yeah. And it was a it was like an enjoyable time. And I think it was cool to see a little bit different representation. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was like I'm pretty like I mean everything's kind of like more, more dramatized in a movie like this but I thought it was like a pretty realistic uh, kind of story that 
I mean, I, I can like relate to some of these d- weird family dynamics like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, uh, yeah, all that stuff. But I, I, there were some side characters I thought were really funny. A, I think a couple plot things were kind of unnecessary, mm-hmm. but I think overall it was, it was a good time. I know that this movie has been somewhat disappointing to a lot of people in in the gay community because of like I guess it kind of marketed itself as more of like a like just like a, a happy uh happy christmas movie that happened to feature a, a lesbian couple and instead I guess it I mean it's not that I if it's more it's more yeah, about well, them being gay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um and yeah, I get, and and some people were disappointed by that. So I mean I mean uh at least personally to me I think that it does a it's still like like an important movie in the fact that it is a this romantic comedy that features this gay couple um but like they don't ever treat like the their relationship as any sort of tragedy or anything which I think it would have been like really easy if like any of the family I mean if anything anyone in this movie treated the relationship poorly but like it doesn't re- they don't really so yeah um i oh i guess i just have to wait for spoilers must just spoil the movie uh <laughs> it did i well, <laughs> i have to say well yeah I, I i won't say anything more about the spoilers i guess yeah uh i will say i think yeah a lot of this a lot of good side characters in this like i'm i'm looking at like the the poster right now i'm like oh yeah three three of these side characters are really good mm-hmm. off the top of my head and um I honestly think uh, Jane, one of the sisters, is like one of the funniest <laughs> comic relief characters I've ever seen in any yeah, movie. <laughs> she's pretty good. She's played by like the writer of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I just, I thought that was, she was a hilarious character who just stole the <laughs> stole the show, every scene she was in. She was pretty great. I, and I... A lot of that, aside from Jane, who I, I mean, I wasn't familiar with the actress, it's like a pretty solid ensemble cast. Like almost every one of these actors is someone you've seen in something else, probably. Um, I recognized almost everyone in the movie. And I mean, obviously that doesn't make the movie good, um, but at least the all the performances were solid from these established actors, I thought. Yeah, um... It's funny. I just started watching Shit's Creek this week, so Daniel Levy being in it. Like I literally oh, started yeah. the show that day, <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, that guy's familiar." Um, Aubrey Plaza is really good as well. I would say mm-hmm. be, those three characters are are probably my three favorite side characters. Yeah, I'd agree. Probably. Um, mm. I thought I thought the rest of the cast did pretty well. I I didn't really love the whole older sister and her family part of the movie. I, I felt that was like really underdeveloped. Like maybe that was because I felt like every I agree. I felt like every aspect of that family went like strangely unexplained. Like the kids were like I didn't understand the kids and they're like sometimes they were nice, sometimes they weren't, but it wasn't like they were just mean to one character and then they were nice to everyone else. It was I don't know, that was weird. And um yeah, and then the relationship between the uh, Mackenzie Davis's character and uh, uh, Allison Bree, the older sister, I thought that was like kind of underdeveloped too. It was like 
they spent a lot of time yeah. in conflict. Harper and Sloane are the Harper characters' and names. Yeah, Harper and Sloane. Yeah. They spent Stewart a lot of time. Abby. Yeah, uh, they spent a lot of time in conflict, but I didn't like fully. I got why they had conflict, but they didn't. I don't know. I felt they could have done more explaining. Well, yeah, it just like they they they're like they're in this first the first scene they're in together. They just like oh, I guess they just hate each other. Yeah, I guess that's just <laughs> the way it is. Okay, whatever. Or just they're really competitive with each other. I mean, it just I it wasn't very funny. It just seemed mm-hmm. more of like a plot device to me. Yeah, and but not not one that was very satisfactory and and led to yeah, more controversy was- that we can get into spoilers. Yeah, and it was strange because I mean, I I think Alison Brie is a very funny actress, but she was probably the least funny part of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I I mean, I I thought it was a good time. Like I said, there were there were moments that I did laugh out loud just by myself. I thought it was a nice length. I thought it was, I just, I had a good time watching it. I mean, mm-hmm. um. I can understand why certain like certain people are disappointed by what the movie is. Yeah. Um I think it's valid to I think it's re- you have valid reasons to be disappointed by this movie and to really enjoy this movie. I I think yeah. both of those views are are really valid. Um and I I think it was just like a, for what it was, I thought it was a a very solid effort. So that's yeah. where I kind of stand on it, Holden. What about you? Yeah. Uh yeah, I agree. I think the um Wait, which which one is Mackenzie Davis's character? She That's Harper. That's Harper. Okay. I mean, I I think Harper and Abby's relationship is really pretty great in the movie. Um I think production-wise, I mean, I I think production-wise is kind of where it feels more like a Hallmark movie. Like it's not it's not shot exceptionally or it's not like uh the music stands out particularly. It kind of has like a weird very warm look to it that I think a lot of Hallmark movies do that kind of almost yellowish uh, cozy yeah very cozy film um but I yeah I liked it quite a lot honestly um I thought I enjoyed it maybe even a little bit more the second time which I think I can get to in spoilers as to why um but yeah liked it a lot well okay you ready to give your rating Holden I think so all right, let's hear. Uh, yeah, my rating. I'll probably give. Uh, I'm torn between. <laughs> I say I'm ready, and then I'm like torn. I'm I'm torn between like a seven and a half and an eight. That's like right probably where I'm at too. Probably seven and a half. I would guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's still a very. If you're wanting a romantic comedy or like a a new Christmas movie, I mean, I know it's not Christmas anymore, but. Uh, if you're, if you want one to put on your watch list for next Christmas or you just don't care, cause I mean, it is still winter. Um, it's a solid pick. I'll, I'll give it an eight just cause I enjoyed it quite a bit personally. And like I said, sure. Jane, one of the fun, funniest comic relief characters I've mm-hmm. seen in any movie ever. So I got to give it credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right, hold on. Let's go on to spoilers. Sure. Yeah, spoilers. Um, so first time I watched this, and I mean, maybe this is kind of fueled from watching it with Mariah because I think she she had similar thoughts about this. Um, but I I felt like 
Harper became like really unlikable <laughs> later in the movie and like uh just because of her especially like at the climax of the film her like continuing yes. insistence on just not telling her parents yeah that um which is. i thought the description synopsis i've seen of this movie on a few different websites indicates that her parents are or says that her parents are conservative which i mean i can get that i you know what that would make sense as to why i guess she would be a little bit more worried if like a traditional or like stereotypical conservative family but like i didn't really get that vibe necessarily from them like they just kind of seemed like you know a white family running for office i didn't really think they were necessarily conservative (laughs) um and so her like continuing insistence on not telling the parents seemed kind of overkill at the end because the parents both seem pretty nice. Yeah, they're very caught up in their um, their work. But like, I mean, you love if, if she loves Abby so much, like why she can't she just say something? Yeah, um, um, oh, yeah I know go. like the, one of the big kind of disappointments for a lot of people is that abby doesn't really make the decision to come out in the movie it's it's decided for her and oh, that, okay. uh, that that tr- like i guess that that triggered a lot of people too um because people that like happened to a lot of people as well like uh gay people watching this that was like oh man that that kind of really hit home for them sure and sure. like i like i said earlier a lot of people were kind of hope, hoping this movie might be more of an like an escapist kind of christmas movie and I don't know. I like, like again, like I, maybe that it's, you can hold that against the movie. Maybe it's fair to do that. Maybe it's not. I, I think it's, I don't know. I, it's, I don't think it's really my place to say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I do. Yeah. That was really disappointing. Like I felt that as an audience member when she like, <laughs> like a uh, Sloan, says it to the whole the whole party or whatever and and Abby or not Abby excuse me Harper continues to deny it um also I know a lot of people are on the like Abby Plaza character bandwagon oh yeah yeah which I kind of them getting together I uh I get that because I mean I thought Aubrey Plaza's character was funny and she did have good chemistry with Kristen Stewart but I they had better uh, chemistry (laughs) (laughs) they did I but like I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think this, the movie would have to be a lot different for them ending up together to work for me. Like I I agree. Like if they ended up together, it would seem very bad natured to me. Like it's like, Oh, see that you should cheat on your significant (laughs) other. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. Um, I did soften a little bit on Harper. I think the second time. And I think part of that is cause I, I mean, like, I understand the anxiety. I mean, not exactly that experience, uh, but I understand that kind of anxiety of talking to people about things or even, like, your family. Like, it is, it's stressful, and it's, like, something that you probably overthink and then just spend a long time not, like, just thinking about and not acting upon. So I kind of get that, but. And it's your family, too. I mean, like, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. So yeah, for sure, it it's hard to pass judgment on on someone like that. Um, exactly. But I mean, yeah, I I do think like Harper towards the middle and the end of the movie, it's like 
Yeah, I'm just frustrated with Harper at those points, you know, because it's like you want her to just do it, and at the same time, it's hard to, you know, it's just a hard situation to be in. I feel for her, um, and yeah, I mean, so it's like, I don't know. I guess I don't, I, <laughs> it's like I feel bad for her, but also it's like, come on, do the right thing. So, and then Aubrey Plaza comes along, and then they get along well, so well together. And they have such great chemistry, but then you're like, also you're cheating on your on your girlfriend. So I don't yeah. know. It's an it's an interesting movie from that regard. Sorry if any of this episode seems weird because we've had to <laughs> edit out a lot of parts where because a lot of things have gone wrong technically. We haven't always pointed them out, but I'm just gonna say it right now. So then, you know, yes. This movie is just being, or movie, this podcast <laughs> is being just stitched together because things keep going wrong technically. Yeah. Most uh, of it's Jimmy this time, surprisingly, so. Yeah. So. Um, what else about the movie? Um, Dan Levy's character, uh, hilarious. I thought he yeah, was good. really great. Um, I mean, he seems, uh, he seems, he's not really acting any differently than he does in Shit's Creek, but I mean, the character he plays in Shit's Creek is very funny and is probably my favorite part of Shit's Creek. Um, so very enjoyable to see him here. Um, what else? I don't, I, I don't really have too much left to say personally. So yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, good whenever you are holding. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I felt, really bad i mean i knew it was coming i felt really bad when jane's picture got <laughs> destroyed because <laughs> it was like a good painting and like i mean i i kind of felt for her just because like she seemed some like pretty talented and no one appreciated her appreciated her like everyone saw the painting and was just like uh whatever i'm like that's a good painting <laughs> what are you doing a hundred hours yeah <laughs> what does she say she's like i just want to be included yeah <laughs> Um, and I mean, I thought it was sweet at the end that she got her book published, uh, and Dan Levy helped her do that. Yeah. Um, which I actually like first time I watched it, I didn't know why he was there, but then it was like beginning of the movie. He says he like helps publish books or like works for a book publisher. So I was like, Oh, Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. But I like how they were like just on the same frequency about the whole like fantasy elements. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot to say. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward, and you you kind of understand everything that's going to happen. There are some like contrivances and like conv- and just various. Oh, yeah, I do oh. want to say I thought the whole thing with the kids putting her keys in the or the not the keys the the necklace or whatever it was that in her bag. Oh, yeah. and her getting. I thought that was really dumb. Yeah, yeah. That was the that was what I mentioned in non spoilers. Like what? Like who are these kids? Like these kids are like jerks in this one scene for no reason like i don't i don't i just think they didn't understand because they're kids but i'm like why you didn't really need that part of the movie yeah it was very i mean i that scene was only there so then the one lady saw and was like and then would say something to the parents because that does happen but even that doesn't have that much consequence so like they just kind of don't like abby for a little bit yeah so I don't know. It was just create more tension, but it just felt cheap. Yeah, so. it did. And that's the last thing I'm going to say, Holden. Let's keep going, huh? Yeah. Let's go on to our review of Soul. 
Alright, so the latest Pixar movie and the uh, new one that was released exclusively on Disney Plus uh, on Christmas. Kind of a little Christmas gift to us. Um, excited. I was excited to see it. Uh, we both liked the trailers for it. Um, and so it's kind of about uh, this guy, Joe. He is a, a band, uh, part-time band teacher. Uh, and he plays or with dreams of being a like concert jazz pianist, playing with quartets or just making a, a life of playing jazz piano. Um, and he uh, dies. I mean, that's <laughs> it almost sounds like a spoiler, but I mean, it's in the trailers and it happens with like under 10 minutes into the movie, which I was very surprised about. Um, but yeah, he dies. And it's kind of without going too much more into the rest of the movie, it's him exploring his life and his relationships with other people and kind of seeing what is after death or and before life and all of a lot of philosophical stuff that happens in this movie um yeah so what do you what did you think of it jimmy i liked it olden i there were parts that i mean it definitely feels like an extension of inside out it feels like those two movies exist within the same universe. Yeah. Um, to me, anyway, it's like Inside Out is the emotional aspect of it. Like, here is the before life, afterlife version that exists in that same world. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I like this movie. It's very well done. Visually, animation is outstanding. I think it's just like the story's good, the acting's good. I think it's just like it's hard for Pixar movies to really stand out anymore. Like it's just <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just for me like really good. The music's great. Again, the animation like the 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 uh like real life or the on earth, yeah, the re- I guess I'll call it, yeah. animation is amazing. The lighting is gorgeous. Yeah, they some um, they somehow blend like I mean they have the characters still are like kind of cartoony and like exaggerated a little bit, but they also like if all of these environments are so realistic and they fit in just perfectly. Yeah, like it's it's like a cartoon proportions in this world, but then like the textures are like hyper realistic and the lighting mm-hmm. is just very uh, finely tuned and and perfect in the way like the subscattering and the skin and all that and just all those little details added to being just gorgeous um that um, i really liked i i did like the wait. chemistry between the characters and all that can i, I get can i get into my over can i get into my overall thoughts of the movie i Jimmy? just i know i want to just i just want to <laughs> build to what i'm trying to say is like it's really good but i will be honest with you i watched it a week ago and i forgot like a lot of the things that already happened into it like i have not thought about it this last week and i think yeah. that maybe says more maybe it's just not like maybe this will just hit you more if you are grow up with it or something i just like i don't know like i already have those pixar movies in my like bank of nostalgia you know so it's like they can't really be replaced and that's not the film's fault it's just kind of the reality of my situation as the person watching the movie well you know you say that and like i mean old pixar i think everyone kind of agrees is 
better overall than newer. I mean, like a lot of those movies just stand out more. I don't even necessarily um, think that they're better. Well, I think they just came first. Like, well, you know yeah, for saying? you, like, pers- I'm I'm just saying like overall people like the older movies more. Well, yeah, like, because not, they came first, not necessarily because they're better. I mean, I think you could make an argument that certainly some are better than a lot of the other newer stuff. But like, I don't think any of those movies is far and away better than Soul. Well, I just wanted to say Soul. I loved Soul a lot, actually. I, for me personally, it's my favorite Pixar movie since Ratatouille. I think Ratatouille, I mean, I like Ratatouille more, but I think it's the best one that they've come out with in over 10 years, honestly. Um, and I mean, I kind I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't think it's one that will stick in my mind as much as those older movies. Cause I have a lot more of a nostalgia towards them. And I grew up with them and just watched them over and over like the Incredibles and Ratatouille monsters, Inc. All those. Um, but I, I also like, don't know if, if I had been older back then, like if I had been how old I am now and watched monsters Inc for the first time, like, would I have loved it like or would I kind of have the reaction I'm having with soul right now where I, I I do like it a lot but it just wouldn't be sticking in my mind I think it's I think we just grew up with those older movies and so that's why like we remember them so well but I think this is like close to on par with those older movies oh I agree like I think this movie is as good as Monsters Inc like I just do (laughs) but I I don't know I just I, I don't know. Like I'm saying, I I don't think the movie's bad at all. I'm not gonna hold mm-hmm. it against the movie in my rating or anything. I just, it's just weird that that is kind of my reality, the reality of the situation for me. And I I don't know. Maybe it's another thing with them becoming more like based in reality, mm-hmm. too. Because I mean, you look at the the older stuff, Toy Stories, you know, kind of fun like that, Bugs Life, that sort of stuff. I mean, Incredibles is based in reality, so maybe that's not exactly it. I, I mean, think it only literally I mean, is kind just of. like. <laughs> I think it is just the they these came first, and and that's what I grew up with, and and it's hard for a movie to replace that. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, I guess getting into the movie, uh, as you said, the animation is fantastic all around. Um, the music was incredible i actually like i went and listened to the uh, soundtrack on spotify a little bit i thought like kind of the the clashing in styles between what like the the real world which is more of the jazzy stuff since i mean that's what the main character loves and everything and then like the ethereal weird synth sounds that are present in the uh the soul world i thought that was very interesting and i liked both honestly um now, would do you, any thoughts on the soundtrack? I just thought it was good. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> um, like I like I, I said, I just haven't thought about it. Like I watched it, I liked it, and I have not thought about this movie since I watched it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the characters, I mean, I think Joe is in pretty great. I he's probably gonna rank among my favorite Pixar characters. I think he's maybe the most fleshed out Pixar character. Um, There's so many like just complications and like various small things to his character that I I think a lot of the older 
characters that are very memorable don't necessarily have. And I mean, that's not anything against them, like Woody or, um, you know, Remy from, I keep going back to Reddit too, just cause I've watched it recently. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I think Joe is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I think Woody's pretty fleshed out in Toy Story. I guess so. I mean, he also had four movies though. So, I mean, but he just in the original, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, and I'm, in <laughs> fact, I'm excited to just have you rant and rave about this movie, especially when we get into spoilers and explain why it is so good. Because for me, it's hard. Like, I'm saying I really like it, but I can't. I mean, I, I guess I thought it was really good, and I liked it, but it just didn't have an, a huge emotional resonance with me. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Sure. It's what I'm trying to say. Very um, poorly. <laughs> I've been <laughs> terrible this episode. My apologies to everybody. Um, yeah, I uh, and I just think like the themes it explores are really I, I don't think they necessarily even pertain to me right now, because I mean, like Joe is very much someone who has this this passion that he's obsessed with and like he that's like all he thinks about and I don't necessarily think that's something I'm going through or anything but I still like I still weirdly relate to it like I I I completely understand that mindset and like where all of that's coming from and it's like it's made me rethink things in life even though maybe that's not what I'm going through right now like I I just thought all of the themes that explore I mean which I'll get more into in spoilers but all the themes that explores were really cool and unique I I even though I thought the art style in the soul world looked like inside out, I thought it wasn't really like thematically like inside. No, out. it's not. It's yeah. not. I thought that like, and I, I don't, I didn't want to say that as like a knock against the movie. In fact, like when people were saying that I was kind of getting annoyed with it. I'm like, well, it's not mm-hmm. inside. Like you could like, it feels like an, an anthological film to it that yeah. stands on its own. Yeah. I saw someone, comment that like this Coco and Inside Out all are like a like an interesting thematic trilogy which I was like yeah I can see that yeah I I yeah I think I don't know I think if I watch this movie again it might just strike me maybe I just need to watch it like in a different mindset or something mm-hmm. or just kind of forget it because I felt the same thing about Inside Out when I first saw it, which was like a year after it came to theaters. And then I saw it again more recently and it, and it struck an emotional chord with me that it didn't the first time. So maybe this movie will do the same thing. There is one thing that I did really like thematically about that movie that's, that really did stand out that I do want to remember to talk about in spoilers, which I'm sure you'll talk about too. But okay. I, I do. I think it's very mature. Um, it's um, got a lot of great creative things uh pixar has its way of of uh you know just being so original and creative when it comes to like taking these things these social (laughs) contracts constructs and then portraying them in a in a physical sense in a very imaginative way imaginative way Mm -hmm. um i do like some of the the uh comedic bits cutaways and stuff yeah Um, but uh, oh i did i did want to mention that i thought the design of like the jerry and terry characters was great (laughs) i thought that was so cool (laughs) like what they did with that i was like 
I was just really into that. I mean, I I don't. It's not the first time we've had like two D characters in a three D space, but that a lot of the creative movement that those characters had mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about, Holden? Since I'll, I'll let you kind of drive the conversation. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to talk about outside of spoilers. I mean, I I had only seen I think the initial trailer for this movie. Um, so like anyone else who's in that same boat, I don't know what like the other trailers showed. Um, yeah, I think if you, I mean, it's, I think a lot of people think this is like a jazz movie. I mean, it has a lot of jazz in it, but it's a lot more than that. So like, if you're, if you're not into jazz, like, don't worry, it's not going to be, it's not going to bore you. It's not going to just not be for you. I'd give it a try still. Yeah, um, no, this is this is a movie for everybody, just like any and, other Pixar movie. Yeah, and as my dad made the comment, like, well, <laughs> the movie's called Soul. Why wasn't it, like, soul music? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I, that's not, like, a knock against it, but I thought that was a funny comment. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably it for me. We can give our ratings. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I, I thought it was really good, very well paced. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the only thing that's keeping it from a 10 for me is just, uh, I think just that my, it didn't absolutely blow me away, which I guess I would reserve a 10 for. Sure. Yeah, I'll probably, I'm I'm 9, 9.5, somewhere there. Um, I... I think most early Pixar for me and you know my some of this is probably nostalgia but most early Pixar is like nine and a half to ten uh just because I love those movies so much um I'll I'll probably go nine and a half just because I was saying this is like on par with a lot of those for me um yeah yeah Holden's favorite movie is Cars (laughs) (laughs) Cars is the anomaly in that Cars 3 (laughs) All right, on spoilers. Okay. Um well, what I mean, what to talk about with this movie? Um there I mean, I <laughs> I mentioned it to you before the podcast and you didn't seem to have as great of a reaction as I did, but I really like Terry, the character of Terry. I thought I like, it was I like how when he just was so full of himself yeah <laughs> so like whenever anybody would compliment him he's like oh well, yeah of course i am awesome <laughs> um he's just like I, I mean he's i guess what you could call the antagonist of this movie but he's such like a pathetic antagonist it like goes to show that like more of the forces of nature and stuff that they're up against are a greater threat than this than terry terry's just kind of like so there's he's a not- villain He's not villain. even he's not a villain. He's more no. just doing his job. Yeah. I <laughs> he's an like antagonist he, to the characters. Yeah, he's just the antagonist more so than a villain. Mm-hmm. Um uh I did like the interactions between the Jerry's and the Terry's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Jerry's are just like, "Oh, you do you're doing a good job, Terry." And he's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> also, I thought yeah. Terry apparently is is uh, voiced by a woman. Which really? I was, yeah, which I even going back and rewatching it, like he, it sounds just like this, it sounds just like a guy with the New Zealand accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
Interesting. I was going to... I forgot to say, I did like the... I was going to say this in non-spoilers, and I just forgot. I was pleasantly surprised by like how entertaining like the real world stuff was mm-hmm. and how unexpected the whole cat body mix-up thing was. I mean, it is... It's been done before, but I thought it worked really well in this. Oh yeah, movie, and I, I, and yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't know if that was in any of the trailers because, like, I did not it was know that not. was going to happen. I was like completely blindsided by it. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's smart because I mean, the movie was at least from what I had seen was marketing itself as like this more realistic and like gra- I don't I don't want to say grounded because it had the soul elements, but like a, a different type of Pixar movie. And if you had the body switch in there, I think a lot of people would have rolled their eyes. Yeah, um, been like this has been done before. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, it works really well here. I mean, it provides a way for um, our main character, Joe, to kind of literally reflect out of body on his relationships uh, with his friends and family and, like, all the people around him. Like, he, gets, he gets to see how this new soul, 22 or whatever, 12, I think it's 22. 22, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, he gets to see how this like new soul or I mean not new but the soul that's never been on earth like is already like wiser in a lot of ways than he is and like has all uh, 22 has all these kind of naive interactions with people that uh, Joe has kind of been lacking um, and so yeah I thought that kind of observation that he was able to have was pretty cool it turns out Joe's a pretty bad listener <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I oh I was going to say, I did like the bits with 22's other ment- mentors, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and Mother Teresa. And that was pretty funny. Mary, Marie Antoinette and all that. I like the the implication that 22 is like one of the first souls ever made and has just been like not going to Earth for billions of years yeah, or however long. Because like, I, I mean, before 22 is introduced, like they're kind of doing this orientation and he's like soul number... 70 billion however many yeah. and then it's just 22 <laughs> <laughs> um i i really did like i'm jumping ahead here i did mm-hmm. like how um joe gardner very well played by jamie fox too by the oh way. yeah um how he gets what he wants and you can just like it's amazing and then it's over and it's like yep well we'll see you tomorrow and it's like that was great but that was it yeah and just like kind of we idealize these things it's like if i only had this then i'll be happy it's like craig in south park it's like if i could say this to the principal i would be so happy you know (laughs) it's (laughs) um yeah, and I mean that's something that maybe maybe not everyone has experienced it like on this scale where it's like literally your dream you achieve, but I think everyone kind of goes through that at some point. I mean, I've experienced it before where I get this thing or do this thing that I've really really been wanting to do for and it's like been tearing at me for a long time and then it's like kind of underwhelming <laughs> just cuz of like what comes after. Um, yeah and it's like that's that's not your purpose their purpose is to live every moment to mm-hmm. its fullest not just want get these moments like you know it's not like you need this thing to live a fulfilled life yeah no you you decide to live a fulfilled life um and that that's your purpose is mm-hmm. making that choice and 
making an impact. Yeah. Um, I did part-time middle school band teacher. (laughs) I love the moment where the girl, like, she's like, you get me right. Whatever the girl's name was. And she's like, I'm 12. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, I did like the, the interaction between 22 and that trombone kid. Yeah. The same, same kid. yeah. Yeah. The same kid. Uh, I mean, I thought the kid, like the interaction, the uh, the way that the kid was acting was very real. And I feel like I've done that kind of before where I want someone to convince me that to, to not do something, basically. Like you, you still want to do it, but you're just unsure and you want someone to give you reassurance, basically. Mm-hmm. I thought that was something that maybe had, I don't think I'd actually seen probably in an animated movie. Yeah, I saw, I really did like those themes i did, i felt bad for the, for the lady the grandma who owned the cat yeah <laughs> i was like this poor lady's just lost her cat they do reunite mm-hmm. i guess i also like how it insinuates that cats don't have souls yeah i was that that was something i was curious about like does the cat not have a soul or was it just in there was it like a get out situation where the cats the souls just like <laughs> sunk sunk deep yeah um yeah um i mean i thought kind of the i don't know if it's the climax but the emotional climax of the movie where uh joe kind of plays some piano and reflects on his life i thought i thought that could have been really cheesy and like kind of the pixar emotional moment and it was i mean it was the pixar emotional moment but i thought i was like i got the feels there i was like yeah just live your life and appreciate things it was like i i mean it was very much a good a good interesting way of saying like be sure to like stop stop and smell the roses you know like Mm -hmm. it wasn't super preachy in that way yeah and it was like a happy ending without being like a perfect ending too because it's like Mm -hmm. he helped 22 become a person but he has no idea who 22 is you know yeah 22 won't remember him and i there's a lot of there's i've seen people online saying like well i mean it would have been better if joe had died which i kind of i mean i get that mode of thinking um but i also think like by him being alive then his character growth isn't meaningless (laughs) like he could actually like, like if he just moves to the great beyond then what was the point yeah, because, I mean, yeah, he'd have, like, he would have had, like, a day of being able to live his life or whatever he realized, but no, like, I I think it was a smart decision to keep him alive. It did, like, the way they did it, I don't know how better they could have done it. It did seem kind of like a cop-out, but I don't know how else they could have done it, really, with it the did rules seem, that It were did set. seem like a cop-out, but I was, like, jarred that, like, oh, he's dying? They're going to kill yeah. him? So I was like, oh, they're not going to kill him. Okay, good. Yeah, but it did feel like, oh, we decided to give you a second chance and bend the rules just because because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was like, OK, but, you know, um, I didn't. I thought that was the better ending for the movie. Yeah, so it didn't I bother thought, me too much. I thought them like <laughs> them like distracting Terry while they adjust the soul count was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, like it was just that easy. Yeah. Which, um, Which makes me think that. You know, the Jerry's probably would have, if if this was realistic, the Jerry's would have just done that right away to get Terry off their back. Be like, oh, Jerry's or Terry, see, 
it's perfect. It's fine. No, nothing to worry <laughs> Just about. Just go adjust it. Um, I we hadn't really talked about like the soul world. I liked. I really liked the way they introduced like how souls are made and how they like prepare to go down to earth. I thought like like the different places like the the houses they go to and stuff was kind of funny and they made some di- funny comments about like one of the jerry's sending too many to over to the well he's i can't remember which one it was it was like a negative trait and then one of the other jerry's is like you need to stop sending so many there <laughs> yeah i can't remember then, what like, it was this one's like a mastermind you know emotionally disturbed like megalomaniac well that's gonna be earth's problem or whatever it's yeah (laughs) which i thought was pretty funny um and finding the spark um well that was a cool concept as well i'm not sure i fully understood the the spark i mean i'm also probably just stupid though so (laughs) (laughs) well there's no doubt about that but yeah (laughs) i I, yeah the spark thing was a little bit confusing for me and then they're like well that wasn't really about the spark and i'm like okay I just won't worry about it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was just more like um, you're I, not defined by the one thing that you like to do. Like that doesn't yeah, have to define that's probably you. Like it. that there's way more to life than just that. And that's not your, your the spark isn't your purpose. <laughs> that yeah. was the, yeah, the idea. Um, I thought like the whole like lost souls thing was really cool. I, I thought that was a really interesting, uh, concept and uh idea that they presented it it was like something that could have just been very depressing if they lingered on it too long but they didn't um but it was a cool idea that like i mean you can either get too like into the groove of something you see people playing basketball or playing an instrument just being in the zone is what they say um and then you're kind of in the spiritual world a little bit um but then also if you get like too um, like I guess detached from reality just because you right, like you aren't living your life really and you're just you're, I mean they give the example of like a guy that's it's just too obsessed with his job and that's all his life is uh, then you can become lost I thought that was all pretty cool mm-hmm. and we got to mention Moonwind yeah Moonwind <laughs> which I <laughs> I was like I mean I think it's pretty heavily implied that he's like part of it is he's on drugs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they don't say it obviously cause it's a Pixar movie, but I mean, he's like partially like he's so spiritual and like in this world and why is about the spiritual world because he's, he takes drugs partially <laughs> and he's a good, he's good at flipping signs. I guess. And I, I do like to kind of going back to our, our, our uh, comments on the spark, but I like how it was, I think that was a very mature theme to say that like because so many people out there are like I don't have a spark you know like or mm-hmm. people in life they're like well this person like you look at someone and they're so good at something and they're so passionate about it and you're like man I wish I had that and this movie is like you don't need to have that to have a, a purposeful and fulfilling life mm-hmm. that makes an impact on other people and I thought that was a really cool message. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's probably the thing that spoke most to me, honestly. Just because, I mean, not to sound depressing or anything. I don't. I mean, I don't feel like I have like necessarily a a career thing. I know that I want to do, uh, but I I do know that there's more to life than that. So, yeah, yeah. I understand. Barks root beer. Barks root beer. 
Sickies burgers. Mm. Yeah. And if that's all I could do for the rest of my life, that'd be a pretty good life. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a very long one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alden, anything else to say about Soul? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I I should mention, there's a lot of praise going around for the, the barbershop scene. Apparently, like, the vibe of that and, like, just atmosphere of that scene is very accurate to how... Uh, like a black neighborhood barbershop is. I mean, I don't know from experience or anything, but I think that's cool if that's really accurate. It definitely was the scene with the vibe. Yeah. It was, I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. And I thought uh, the barber character was really cool too. He was. Um, right. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Olden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, well, Jimmy, I'm back at school. You are too. I'm in my J term right now. Uh, and so that means for those of you who don't know what a J term is, because uh, you go to a, a public school. Or you don't uh, go to school. Or you just don't go to school. Okay. <laughs> or you are graduated or whatever. Whatever yeah. path there's, you are on this life on earth. There are plenty of things that would make you not know what a J term is. Uh, but yeah, basically I'm just taking one class for the entire month of January. Um, and and my cl- instead of being like one hour every other day, it's three hours every day. Yes. Um, this is the first time I've taken one and I guess it will be the only time I'm taking a J term, uh, in the afternoon. So that's very nice. I get to sleep in. Um, but I'm taking contemporary film aesthetics. If you couldn't think, if you didn't think I was pretentious enough already, Jimmy, just you wait, I'm learning a lot (laughs) (laughs) will potentially make me sound even more pretentious. Um, but so far we haven't watched much just because we started this week. The one movie we have watched though, uh, is lost in translation. I've not um, seen it. Yeah, uh, starring Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. Um, it's from like early 2000s, so it's like Scarlett Johansson is pretty young uh, in the movie. I was surprised. She's actually, I think I think she was 17 when she filmed it. But um, it's very good, directed by Sofia Coppola. Um, it's, I don't think I want to talk about it too much because I feel like talking about it just gives away a lot of the movie. Um, but I think it's considered kind of a modern classic for a reason. It's, I mean, it's just a, I don't know. I don't know how to like talk about, it's a hard movie to talk about, um, which, you know, is weird because I am in a class where we have to talk about it. But I mean, the people that I talk about it with have all seen it. So I'm, I won't say much, um, but I do recommend it. It's a solid movie. Um, and then what else? Uh, I just watched Blade 2. Um, which I wanted to watch purely because it's directed by Guillermo del Toro, which is such a weird... I did not know that. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I mean, you look at Guillermo del Toro's filmography, and I mean, there's a couple things that stand out. I mean, one of them is like Pacific Rim, which is like very (laughs) silly. But the probably the... still haven't seen. (laughs) But probably the bigger one is Blade 2, which I think combines the things I really like 
some of the things I don't like about Blade 1, but then adds, like, a lot of Guillermo del Toro elements to it. Like, it's very absurd and fantastical, um, and he has a lot of love for, like, practical makeup and stuff like that. It definitely feels like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, it's not like he just was hired to do this and had no feeling about it. I mean, he he loves comic books. He was asked uh, to join the project instead of him going to them, but he was very passionate about it, and he like read up a lot about Blade, and he did really like it, and I thought it was a solid movie. I think I liked it more than the first one. It's still very silly. It's still pretty stupid, um, but I can see uh, why... I think most people like it more than the first one. It's just such an interesting entry in his filmography. That's the whole reason like I why I watched the first one cuz I wanted to get to the second one. Um but yeah, I recommend Blade 2. Um <laughs> The first night I got back though, I watched not one but two different Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> why would you do that? Uh, was my one of them fan four stick yeah fan four stick was one of them it was my roommates were watching it when i got back like they were at the very beginning of the movie when i uh, got back to my apartment and so i sat down and watched it with them and it is it is as bad as you heard <laughs> like it is pretty abysmal i like i the only positive i have of it is that it is only i think an hour and a half so it's not very long and also, the effects aren't that bad for the most part. I was actually kind of surprised with how a lot of the effects looked they, and how they were okay. But that's like, those are the only positives. This movie is hot garbage like, <laughs> through and through. Every single other aspect of the movie. Like, I, I had already known a lot of it because I've seen plenty of videos about it because I like watching videos about bad movies and stuff because I just think it's funny when people rant about it. But this, it, like, I don't think we'd ever review it on the podcast, but it would definitely be one that we would have a lot of fun tearing to shreds. <laughs> it's so bad. And then I watched the, uh, I think, one from 2005 it is, which is slightly better just because it's more campy and silly and it doesn't try to be serious. I did like it a little bit more, um, but it's still not very good. And I, we were going to watch the the sequel to that one. We were going to like do a triple feature. Silver Surfer? Yeah, Silver Surfer. But we didn't get around to it. We all got tired and we're like, yeah, it's not worth it. What? I can't imagine you not feeling in the mood to watch another Fantastic <laughs> Four movie after watching two in one sitting. Yeah. I have, I have seen the, the, the 2000s ones. I've seen both of those at some really? point in my life. Oh, yeah. I, I saw it one of them in theaters maybe the second one i've seen both of them okay when a long time ago i mean back around when they came out and sure. i don't really recall so um oh, i'm like going through my list of movies i've watched and i'm not going to talk about all of them because there's a lot but i'll hit the highlights um the best one i watched and i think i talked about it last week that i was maybe going to see this was i went and saw promising young woman in How theaters was it it was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it lived up to the trailers that there that had hyped me up. Um, I thought it was pretty fantastic in all aspects. Honestly, it's kind of the opposite of Fant Four Stick. <laughs> um, it had a really cool script. I thought it like it wasn't 
it wasn't boring. I thought the ending was it wasn't boring. It wasn't boring. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Put it Not on the poster. Great. I thought it was, it wasn't boring. The ending Old is kind of controversial. Uh, and I won't get into it obviously on here. I thought the ending worked for me though. It was very surprising. Um, I if you get to the if when you get to the end of that movie, I I would be surprised if you're not surprised. Um, but it's. Yeah, I mean, fantastic performance from Carey Mulligan. It's very a, a very pretty movie. Uh, it's got a lot of colors that just pop. I I've seen it described as such, and so I won't take credit for it. But I think it's accurate. Is it feels like a candy like candy store or like candy bar? Like it's all yeah, like, I, the colors. Yeah, I, get, I I got that impression. Ah, that impression from the trailer definitely. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very interesting color palette. Um, but like I, yeah, birds of prey, <laughs> but better. <laughs> yeah, no, movies. I highly recommend the movie though. Um, I did watch monster hunter, which I'm going to make Jimmy watch because it's requested, even though he's like, we, no, let's not watch it. We don't watch mo- requested <laughs> movies in theaters. Holden. It's in the um, print. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty bad. I won't get into that though for when we eventually review it. Um, on New Year's, I watched Shark Boy and Lava Girl again because I had the intent of watching the sequel that came out on Christmas, but I haven't done it yet. Um, and that movie ages poorer every single time I watch it. I, I think I've seen it like three or four times now, which I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I've seen Shark Boy and Lava Girl three or four times. Think but. of those. Think of those like six hours you'll never get back. <laughs> um, and I think the the last movie I want to talk about is I watched a Studio Ghibli movie I hadn't seen before, uh, Secret World of Arietti. Um, which I thought was it was cute. It's probably my least favorite movie of theirs I've seen. Um, I just felt like the, at least the way the English dub for it was, like the main male character in it was just like, he was weirdly creepy. And I don't know if that's the vibe that the movie was supposed to give off, but it kind of came off as unintentional. Um, But yeah. And then I guess as far as gaming, I haven't really done a whole lot. I did play my, the Destroy All Humans remake and beat it. I was going to try to platinum it, but I got so frustrated with some of the extra challenges I gave up. I was like, I was like two trophies away from platinum trophying it. And I was just Oof. like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I can't, I can't put up with this. Um, I don't remember if I had said I had beat the Resident Evil 3 remake, but I did do that. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me, though. What All right, you, Jimmy. I'm trying to remember everything. The biggest one for me is I finished rewatching all the Lord of the Rings movies. Return of the King was the only one I had left, and I've watched a ton of behind the scenes stuff for them because you can find a lot of it on YouTube. Sure. And I like am falling in love with these movies. Holden, if these, if like. <laughs> If I was 18 years old in like 2000 when these movies were coming out, they would they would probably be like my favorite movies ever because oh just God. the the behind the scenes stuff of those movies is so cool and just like the it is a miracle that these movies exist and the production of it and and just like how close these movies were to not being made is remarkable and um 
really really fascinating i also just like peter jackson he just seems like a really down to down to middle earth guy (laughs) (laughs) that's a shame uh, jimmy i i used to be i used to like you being on the uh, minority train with me of not liking it (laughs) i never not liked him i just was kind of more apathetic to them yeah they are i just like the movie make like the filmmaking aspects of it is so good that I just cannot appreciate them so much. And then I like kind of like saw this video that was like the just said like Peter Jackson admits like wing it on the Hobbit. And I was like, it was like a six minute video. I'm like, oh, I'll just check this out. I almost sent this to you. Hold on. Cause it, <laughs> it is like, it's the, like the official Hobbit, like behind the scenes stuff. And it is just a dejected Peter Jackson. Cause I did not know this. Guillermo del Toro was going to make the Hobbit movies. Hmm. did not know that they had like two years of pre-production getting ready to make Guillermo del Toro's Hobbit movies, which they're going to make two. And then they kept for whatever reason, I think it was like scheduling conflicts or something. Um, they ended up delaying it so many times and Guillermo del Toro was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm basically, this has been delayed too much. I want to move on to a different project. I'm going to hand the reins over to Peter Jackson to do it. Cause they were kind of, like Peter Jackson was kind of a producer on it, kind of sure. but like letting Guillermo del Toro do his own thing. So Peter Jackson comes aboard, but they don't like reset and like give him two years of pre-production again. They're like, well, no, either take Guillermo del Toro's stuff or start from scratch. But we're we're keeping all our dates and we're gonna start shooting in like you know three months or whatever. So <laughs> so Peter Jackson comes aboard and. To give you reference, they like there was like four years of pre-production on the Lord of the Rings before they started making those movies. All right, so like there was so much planning and thought and care put into those movies before they even started filming. So like Peter Jackson just comes in at the last second and he basically wings all three <laughs> of the Hobbit movies. Like they show him on set, just hand over his face just head in hand the whole time and he's like pretty like fit like relatively skinny at the beginning of the process and you like you see peter jackson now he's like he's overweight i mean and Mm -hmm. it's like what did these movies do to this man like he just seems (laughs) like they just crushed him and i feel so bad and it's like this poor man and and you know then all the fans are like well why didn't you try as hard for like the hobbit movies and all that you just kind of phoned it in and then the 48 frames per second and all that and and it's just like poor peter jackson yeah well i I mean we haven't we haven't seen a narrative film from him since that last one came out (laughs) it's just so sad to see this master filmmaker just being just just ground into the grinded into the ground ground into the ground i don't know what i'm trying to say <laughs> just being <laughs> dejected i i should send you the link because it yeah, is like should. heartbreaking yeah especially after watching all like the lord of the rings behind the scenes and all that just absolutely fascinating so it also makes me want to rewatch his king kong movie from 2005 oh yeah which i I saw in theaters, set aside a whole I, afternoon, huh? <laughs> yeah, did I did not remember that movie being three and a half hours long? But um, I remember, I remember that, that being a joke. <laughs> I just 
I, I remember seeing it in theaters and I remember there being like a PlayStation 2 game for it. Yeah, there was a PS2 game for that that I thought looked cool that I almost bought. Like, <laughs> I feel like 10 years ago I saw it like a garage sale I almost bought. My cousins were obsessed with King Kong when it came out and I like never got into it. But now it's like I, I just it, out of curiosity because it's Peter Jackson's favorite movie is King Kong. So like the original or the, like the original? Oh. No, his own. <laughs> well, I was like, is, the that, is it the favorite one he's made? Is that what you meant? But um, no, not his favorite film that he's made. But yes, so I've been just watching all this behind the scenes and interview stuff with with the Lord of the Rings, and that's really awesome. Um, in terms of Ghost of Tsushima, I have not had a ton of time to play games, and I was spending a lot of time with my family, uh, with passing of my dog. So I haven't made a ton of progress since then. I still love it. I did play for like the first time in about a week this morning for a couple hours and it's still just amazing. I love it so much. I, I want to be able to put more time into it and I, I will eventually, you know, finish it and get the platinum. So I cannot recommend it, uh, (laughs) more highly. And I heard you can't recommend it. (laughs) I'm having trouble talking today, Olden, okay? <laughs> Give me a break. Um, I watched the... Emily and I watched the uh, History of Swearing one of the with Nicolas Cage. We watched the F-word one. Oh, how like was that? 20 minutes. It's, you know, it's entertaining. There's some interesting little tidbits in there. I feel like I've I've watched something else or, or done something else, but I, I'm not thinking of it, so I'll, maybe I'll just end it there, huh? <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I, I've been watching Schitt's Creek. That's what I was going to say. I'm a few episodes into season two, and I think it is okay. So I, I, But I like any comedy show like that, I feel like always gets better once it gets going. Yeah. So I'm going to give it till the end of season two, and if I'm still kind of where I'm at now, I might uh, jump ship. Wow. So, because I've been like... I don't know. I, when did you start really liking it, Holden? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I remember I started watching it when I had like just a ton of time. So I was like just binging it. I, I It did not take me up very long to finish the series. So I really don't know when it was. One thing that I just have noticed is that a lot of stuff happens off screen <laughs> in that show. That's probably true. And it just is weird. It's like I like am looking forward to like seeing this thing happen and then it just just already happened. And I'm like, oh, that just happened <laughs> off screen, I guess. All right. Um, it is it does feel very quick, that show. It feels like it's like fifteen minutes long, not twenty three minutes long. Yeah. Each I always felt like each episode was way shorter than it actually was. Um, but yeah, the, that's where I'm at with that. I really want to watch Ted Lasso because I've just heard amazing things about it. All I've heard is that he's like the nicest guy in the world. And that's all I know. <laughs> so I've, I've just heard it's so good. And, and I'm like, if I was thinking about it, maybe you it, could I take a few notes that. while watching it, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and give them to you, send them to you. No. Cause you're the one who needs them. See how I turned that against you. Holden. <laughs> But you didn't see that coming, huh? I bet that was as surprising as the ending of 
whatever the movie is promising, promising young, young woman, woman. <laughs> i was gonna say surprising young woman and i'm like that's not it <laughs> my brain has is not working today but when is it ever to be fair that's so. true <laughs> um, all right all then you're ready to send us home here yeah uh next week uh jimmy and i will probably talk about it i'm i'm trying to get him to watch monster hunter we'll see um we'll do uh, but regardless we'll probably cover our favorite movies of 2020 whichever ones we've seen as jimmy pointed out there haven't been nearly as many as before and he's seen even less than i have uh, from this year uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and at some point soon we'll be doing our anticipated movies of 2020 since nothing has really come out yet. We'll either do that if, uh, it maybe if we don't decide to do monster hunter next week, we'll do it next week or we'll do it the week after we'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, besides that you can send us movie requests on, uh, by sending, giving us a five-star review on iTunes and just put it in the little review, your request. Uh, or you can send us an email at tompodcast at gmail.com. Or you can donate to our Patreon uh, and give us a request there. Uh, you can also follow us on the social medias, uh, TOMP, That One Movie Podcast. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it pretty much all right adios pantalones love you